This podcast is proudly brought to you by the National Youth Fellowship of Lillywood Gospel Mission. Hello everybody, good evening. You are welcome to this edition of NY Half Hour. I welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we just say a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great privilege to hear a word again. We ask Holy Spirit that you speak to our hearts. Transform us by the entrance of your word. Let your word quicken us, O God, in the name of Jesus. Be thou exalted, Heavenly Father, for we know you have heard us. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Okay, um, today we'll be looking at a topic that says the believer's inheritance. The believer's inheritance. Um, when we talk about inheritance, yeah, we're talking about um, the transfer or the possession of goods that is not acquired personally but given by previous possessor. So somebody had something initially, then transfers it to another person. So what has been transferred in this um, in this case will be termed inheritance. Okay. So we start from. Um, Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, God tells Abraham to leave his country to a land that he would show him. And then Abraham obeyed. God had promised that the inheritance he was going to give to Abraham was this land of Canaan that his own children were going to inherit. In Genesis chapter 15, God reminds Abraham of his covenant. God renews his covenant to Abraham and of course tells Abraham what would befall his own descendants, how they will go to the land of captivity and stay there for 400 years and after the fourth generation, you know, will come and inherit the land that God had given, had promised them. And so, from Abraham, we move to Isaac and then to Jacob. We see that Jacob's 12 sons um, formed the 12 tribes of Israel and they were the ones that eventually possessed this land. Okay, so of the 12 sons, he had... Um, the 12 sons, of the 12 sons that he had, one particular son did not have an inheritance. The son called Levi. We'll look at this, at this later on. So this particular son, Levi, did not have any land in Israel. So the land of Israel was divided to the other remaining sons. But then we have the 12 tribes of, 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 of Israel so if you talk about the tribe of Israel, you will not hear the name of the name Levi. So who eventually replaced Levi? So if we Jacob had twelve sons and then Levi had no inheritance, so that leaves us with eleven sons. The eleven sons were Reuben, Simon, Judah, Issachar, Naphtali, Dan, Asher, Zebulon, Gad, Benjamin, and Joseph. So of these eleven sons, there were ten sons and Joseph. In Genesis chapter 48, which is the first place we'll read, we'll see what transpired between Joseph and Jacob. Genesis chapter 48 from verse 5 to 6. It says, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And that issue which thou begettest after them shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. 
So Jacob was actually saying that you see those your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, they now belong to me. So the same way Reuben is my son, so I claim your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. This now became so we don't have a tribe of Joseph. We have a tribe of Manasseh and a tribe of Ephraim. So this became part of Israel. And so what about the 12 tribes of Israel? You have Ephraim and Manasseh. So why, why did Joseph receive two portions? We see that in, in, in verse 21 of chapter 48 of Genesis. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren. So, Jacob gave to Joseph one portion above the brethren. What Jacob did was to give Joseph the blessing of the firstborn. Um, according to Deuteronomy 21, verse 15 to 17, the blessing of the, the inheritance of the firstborn is that the, the firstborn will get a double portion of the inheritance of other sons. So, if you are giving each son one portion of something, you give the firstborn two. If you are giving each other's son two, you give the firstborn four. So the firstborn had a double portion. But because of the mistake Reuben made, Reuben was disenfranchised. And so the blessing went to Joseph, the blessing of the firstborn, and he got double portion, which made um, Manasseh and Ephraim become sons of Jacob. Okay. Now, back to the tribe of Levi. We see in Numbers, let's open our Bibles to Numbers chapter 18. And this forms the um, basis of our message today. Numbers chapter 18, um, verse 20. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy path and thy inheritance among the children of Israel. So here God clearly tells Aaron that he would not have any inheritance, him and his sons, which is the tribe of Levi. We can see that in verse 23. God mentioned the children of Israel. Um, so among the children of Israel, the, the tribe of Levi would have no portion. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 4, verse 28, the NIV puts it this way. He said, I am to be the only inheritance the priests have. You are to give them no possession in Israel. I will be their possession. So God was simply saying, for these people called the Levites, I, Jehovah, will be their possession. While the others were given lands, the children of Levi, the, the children of Levi had only one possession, God himself. Now, so certain things what comes with this position? What, what comes with this? The first thing is that although they had cities, the children of Levi had cities around Israel, they were tenants um, on the lands of other tribes. They had cities in other tribes of Israel. So they did not have a legal ownership of the land they occupied. So that meant that they were tenants. They were there at the benevolence of the tribe that housed them. Number two, their source of supply was from God. Their source of sustenance because everything they received, they received from the offerings. And so the only way they were going to get anything was what people brought in worship to God. 
and that was where they got their sustenance from. So the only thing they could lay claim to was God. God wanted their heart to be on Him. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So how does this apply to believers today? How does this apply? To really understand what, how this applies to believers today, we have to look, about, look, look at the book of Exodus to understand what God's true intention was. In Exodus, please just follow me, in Exodus chapter 19, in verse 4, this was what God was saying to Moses. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you up and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then shall ye be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. So God's true intention for Israel was that Israel shall be a kingdom of priests and an holy nation to God. Remember the tribe of Levi were the priests and they had no physical inheritance. God was their inheritance. God was telling Moses here, the end game of separating the children of Israel is to make them a kingdom of priests, a kingdom with one true inheritance, I myself, Jehovah. So, the inheritance of Canaan was not the true inheritance that God was going to give to the children of Israel. The true inheritance of the children of Israel as a nation was God himself. And this was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. As believers today, we see in First Peter, open, open to First Peter, just um, First Peter, chapter two. Okay, First Peter chapter two, verse nine. This is a very popular scripture. We quote it all the time. I want us to juxtapose it with what God was saying to Moses in the book of Exodus. So just put your hand both ways. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. Remember, remember what God said. If they will obey his covenant, look at what he said it will be unto him a kingdom of peace. I want us to juxtapose that with what God was saying here in the book of 1 Peter 2, verse 9. It says, But ye are a chosen generation. Remember, this refers to believers. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the book of Exodus, God had an intention to make these people a kingdom of priests. There were four things that God wanted. Number one, in verse five, he says, Ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. And then in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, one of the things we see is that we 
have become a peculiar people to God. The second thing God wanted was that God was saying, you shall be above all people. In other words, you will be set apart unto me. In second, First Peter, we see again, God, the believers, you and I, we have become what a chosen generation. We have been set apart. The third thing God wanted was, they would become a kingdom of priests. And of course, in First Peter, we see that believers, we are a royal priesthood. And of course, God said, and they shall be a, um, a holy nation unto him. And of course, in First Peter, the Bible tells us that we are a holy nation. So, God's intent for the children of Israel, for them to be a peculiar treasure, for them to be set apart, for them to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, became fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Became fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In the redemption of the saints. We have now become that kingdom that God envisioned. Remember, this is also confirmed in the book of Revelation 1, verse 6, where Jesus Christ, where, where, where John, by the Spirit of God, says that Jesus Christ had made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. So, if we have become this kingdom that God truly intended, this kingdom of priests, and God's, God's instruction to Job, the house of Levi, was that he was to only be their inheritance. So it simply means that believers of today, our true inheritance is God himself. God himself. The Lord is the ultimate inheritance of believers and should be the sole object of our pursuit from here on to eternity. The Bible says, you know, okay, how did you become born again? John chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, or have eternal life. And of course, Jesus defines eternal life in John chapter 17 verse 3. He says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. If eternal life is the hope of believers, Jesus here was saying that eternal life is the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ. So, the pursuit really, the pursuit is the knowledge of God. And Jesus tells us plainly that no man can come to the knowledge of the Father. No man can come to know the Father. No man knows the Father except Jesus Christ, except the Son. And any man to whom the Son decides to reveal him. So it is only by a passionate pursuit of Christ that will come to know the Father, which is the eternal life, which is our inheritance as believers. God is calling us to recalibrate our focus and attention back to Him. This was God's original intent. This was God's original intention from the beginning. When he was calling Abraham, if you remember um, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, God told Abraham, Abraham, I am your shield and thy exceeding great reward. I am your exceeding great reward. You see this inheritance that I promised you, this inheritance that I, I told you I would give to your children, the real inheritance is me. I am your inheritance. What Abraham did not did not fully understand this and he was thinking only in terms of the physical. 
You know, but David understood this because in Psalm 16 verse 5, David said, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my court. Thou maintainest my Lord. In Psalm 73 verse 26, David also says, The Lord, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So God's original intention from the beginning, from when he called out Abraham, was not really about giving Abraham Canaan. was about creating a kingdom of priests whose inheritance will be himself. God wants to be the inheritance of the believers. So, what does that mean when God is our inheritance? When God is your inheritance, when God is my inheritance, a man's inheritance is not something he leaves lying anywhere. It's something he guards, something he protects. The word, remember the words of Jesus that says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If God becomes our inheritance, if God becomes our treasure, God becomes the focus of our thoughts. God becomes the centerpiece of our thoughts. God becomes the one that our thoughts revolves around. So God wants to call us to an intimate personal relationship with himself. So the reason why you became a believer, the reason why I became a believer, is about entering into a passionate pursuit of God. That is our inheritance as sense. Apostle Paul understood this, and this was why his inner heart cry was this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. The knowledge of God is something we should invest all our pursuit in. Our time, our resources, our energy is something to guard because the enemy will try as much as possible to steal this away from us. You know, um, as believers in the post of fiscal rewards, we have trivialized the greatest inheritance of, of, of all, which is the knowledge of God. And I'm not talking about a head knowledge of God. I'm talking about a deep, intimate, working knowledge of the Father and of the Son. I'm talking about a knowledge of the Father that is more real to you than things that you can see and touch. God is calling us to an intimate love affair with him. That was his intention from the beginning. That was the reason why he called Abraham out of the land of, of, of the childings. That was why he called Abraham out. And that was his original intention. He wanted to build a kingdom, a kingdom full of priests, a kingdom of priests, a kingdom that the only inheritance of the citizens of that kingdom was himself and is himself. Amen. So if you are a believer and up to now, when you think about the kingdom of God, when you think about, about what, 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 the, what Christianity is all about, what being born is all about, and all you can think about is are the physical rewards, this and that, you are missing the whole point of it. Don't chase the shadow and miss the real substance. God is to be the possession of every believer. To be the ultimate pursuit of every believer. 
we have to wake up every day with a mindset of pursuing God. With a mindset of focusing on God. And this is why when we talk about eternal life, when we talk about the knowledge of the Father, it begins right here on earth. It begins right here on earth. From where we are. So eternity becomes the culmination of that pursuit. So we begin the pursuit of Jehovah right here on earth. If you react with fear when people talk about the coming of Christ or, ra- or, or when rapture is mentioned, it may be a pointer of your lack of pursuit of God. People that make the pursuit of God their primary focus actually look forward to the coming of Christ. They get excited just thinking about finally coming to look upon the face of the one whom their heart has forever longed after. Beloved, the Lord wants to invite us again today to an intimate pursuit of Him. The Bible lets us, you know, last last week's lesson, when we're thinking about, when we're looking at the preeminence of Christ, we're made to understand that all things were created by Christ and for Christ. The Bible talks about the 24 elders singing, Worthy, worthy the Lord, right? The revelations, it says that everything was created by Him and for Him. Everything was created for God. Everything. God wants to be the object of our focus, the object of our desire. So, what does that mean for us? If God is the object of your desire, if God becomes your possession, He becomes the central focus of your thoughts. It means that you find your true satisfaction in God. And like I was mentioning earlier, the enemy would try everything he can to take our eyes off the central focus, the central, the, the most important inheritance of the believers. He would get us busy with things, the secondary things. He would get us busy with the physical blessings and make us miss things that cannot be felt, that cannot be taught, that cannot be seen, that cannot be, you know, which is really the pursuit of God. He would get you busy and make you think that the physical rewards, that is the um, soul or the only inheritance of the believers. No. You must guard the possession which is the knowledge of God. The possession you have in you, which is God himself. You must guard it with all your heart. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is like a man that you know finds a treasure in a field and goes to sell all he has to buy that field. It's something precious. It's something you guard with all your heart. Your possession as a believer is Jehovah himself. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. God is inviting you to a deep relationship with him. God wants you to come and know him. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to to have this intimate fellowship with you. He doesn't just want to be a God from afar. No. But he wants to be your God. He wants to be your God indeed. So brethren, because you are a peculiar people, because you are a chosen generation, because you are a royal priesthood, 
because you are a holy nation, you have one true possession, and that is God. Forget about every other thing on earth. Forget about the physical things. The Bible lets us know that we are pilgrims on earth. God is our true inheritance. You must give all you have. You must give all you have to the pursuit of God. The pursuit of God. Nothing must come between you and your pursuit of God. Nothing. Not your job, not your friends, not your spouse, not even the so-called work of God. You know, sometimes you can get so busy working in God's house that we forget to pursue the one for whom we claim to be working. We can get so busy in the seven, you know, when we work as meeting, in doing one thing or the other for God, that we neglect to pursue the, an intimate fellowship with the Father, which is the main object of which, which, which is which is the main inheritance of believers, which is truly what God intends to bequeath to us, the knowledge of Himself. Amen. I really hope that God grants us understanding in the name of Jesus. Okay, so just before we round up, I just want to recap for those that just that may just be joining us. We started by looking at the life of Abraham and the promise God gave to Abraham and how Canaan was a shadow of God's true intention for Israel. How Canaan was just a shadow of God's inheritance, of the inheritance that God intended to give. Because we see in the book of Exodus that God's true intention was to build or was to have a, a, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation whose inheritance, whose true inheritance will be himself. And we see how that became fulfilled in Christ. How every believer, we have every believers all over the world have now become this kingdom that God promised to Abraham. This kingdom that God promised that he was going to give to Abraham. This kingdom that God promised that he was going to build. We see how that became fulfilled in believers today. But the Bible tells us that we are kings and priests unto God. And we see that the true object of our focus should be on our one true inheritance, which is God himself. A passionate pursuit of God. At this point, I want us to bow down our heads in prayer. I want you to just ask God to help you to focus on him. In any way you have gotten distracted Maybe focus on earthly things or focus on the work itself. What I mean the work itself, I'm talking about working for God. And you have, you know, somehow abandoned an intimate pursuit of the Father. I want just say, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me to truly pursue you like never before. Help me to truly come to know you. Help me, Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For your word we have heard today. And we thank you because we have come to understand that the true inheritance of the saints is you. What you truly intend to bequeath to us is eternal life. And eternal life, as Jesus said in John chapter 17, 
is to know you. Heavenly Father, we ask, O oh God, that you help us to come to know you. Whatsoever is taking our hearts and our attention away from you, we ask, Heavenly Father, that you take such things away from us. That you help us to bring our focus and make you the primary focus of our thoughts and our desires and the true object of our desires. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all, all of you for joining us this evening. Um, I want to just encourage you to give yourself to an intimate pursuit of Jehovah, to give yourself to the study of the word, to give yourself to prayer, to just just come to know him. God, God wants to know you, and he wants you to get to know him. Um, and as you pursue him, he will make himself known to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please join us same time next week for another edition of NY Half Hour. Remember to invite your friends. And just an assignment for this week. This from me to you. An assignment for this week. I want us to um, take a particular book, uh, maybe a particular episode, and complete uh, maybe the episodes, one of the episodes, choose one of the episodes this week, and just read it from the beginning to the end. Um, Till next week, God bless you. Good night. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the National Youth Fellowship of Livingwood Gospel Mission. 